Ride. We have used this song before, but that's because it's been a tradition since 2016. We are back <laughs> with our Skeletons in the Closet edition. Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com. Of course, with the Oscar nominations just coming out, you can check out our list of surprises and snubs and overall thoughts on this year's Oscar nominations on the website, MadWolf.com. But what we like to do this time of year is settle on a few of the Oscar nominees and pick out their horror movie past. Some not so good and some very, very bad, which is always fun. So we'll get to that. But first, we got to take care of some thank yous and some input we got from our last Fright Club Live, which was surreal horror. Yeah, we watched the movie Gozoo. Uh, which was super fun, and I was a little concerned. I was a little worried about showing it because it is—it's not scary, but it is pretty extreme. It's—it's it's very, very weird. It is weird. I think the vibe I got was that everybody had a good time. I thought so too. Yes, I agreed, and uh, we got a lot of really great feedback and a lot of very, very funny tweets afterwards. Yes, very much so. Many of them involving milk. Lots. Which, lots if of you've milk. seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. But it is—it's just nuts. It's like you said, it's not scary, but uh, when you're talking about surreal, boy, that is one. And uh, a lot of good, lot of good feedback. So thank you for that. Uh, Gateway Film Center, as always, our home for Fight Club Live, and we'll be back there February eighth. And we are going to be showing the last horror movie, Ooh. which is a great one. It's really creepy, and you know what else? It's really hard to get a hold of. So I doubt I would say very few people probably have seen it on a big screen. Nice. So come out and do that. Well, we can always count on Chris and Jason at the Gateway to uh, get a hold of these. Yeah, they're it's true. Great. With oh that. my God, they're so great to so, work uh, with. Yeah. So the category is going to be movies about making movies, and we, we've already started to get some input on that. Our old friend Tom wants to see. I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably not going to make the list, but who knows? Maybe. Children shouldn't play with dead things, and you have a you have a past with that film. <laughs> well, we've talked about that before because I remember seeing it as a kid at the drive-in, or as it was in my town, the cruise in, <laughs> and um, it was awful. And then we watched it again here a couple because of years ago. Because I hadn't ago. seen it. Yeah. Uh, which there was a feather in my cap. <laughs> and I was actually impressed with my memory of how well I remembered it. Because, you know, at the time, I was, you know, I, I, I was not, I was a teenager, a young teen. I was running around, you oh, know, sure. at the drive. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. I don't but... even want to know what you were doing at the drive-in, George. No, no, no. It was way, <laughs> I actually am surprised that I got, well, I was allowed to see it. You know, to think of it, I probably went with my older cousin uh, because it came out in the, I think, the at least the early to mid-70s. So I wasn't that old. Uh, anyway. It's it's awful, Tom. <laughs> Come on, buddy. I know I know he has some special feelings for it too because I think he has said it's the first like zombie horror movie he's ever seen. Mm. So you know, yeah, I get that. But dude, it's bad. It's really really bad. So uh, we 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 love you, but I don't know. We'll <laughs> Not get to promising that. anything. <laughs> Not promising anything. So anyway, thanks again for all the fun uh, input and the great crowd we always have for Fright Club Live. And if you can make it out next time, please mark it down February the eighth, Gateway Film Center. We're going to talk about. Movies about making movies and watch, as Hope said, maybe a rarity on the big screen, uh, the last horror movie. So that should be good. But this is good, too. This is fun. We love doing this. Skeletons in the Closet. It's our Oscar nominee special. So first off, our general feeling about the Oscar nominees this year. I thought, overall, okay. Yeah, I thought so, too. You know, the the two categories that were incredibly loaded this year were screenplay and, and lead actress. Mm-hmm. And um, and my major bone to pick here is that Viola Davis, who's brilliant and is magnificent in the film Fences, is nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And that's the problem that I have because 
She's the lead. Yeah. She's not just the lead actress. The movie's about her. She's the lead. She has I more know. screen time than anybody in the film. And she should not only be nominated for Best Actress, I feel confident she could win Best Actress. And so I, it irritates me that she's nominated for supporting. It's a really good point, And I haven't seen that point brought up anywhere else in any of the forums about the Oscars. Now, maybe I've just missed something. Maybe somebody has. So if they have, please let us know. Because I'd like to get an, an answer. Why? You know, the studios choose sometimes who they want to push for what category. But come on. It's Viola Davis. I know. And I, I don't know uh, well, if they thought, oh, she had a better chance of winning or that, whatever. You know, sometimes I think that's but why people... But it makes people... no sense. No, like you said, it's not a supporting role. Not only, as you said, it's the lead in the entire movie. Right. Not just the female lead. So anyway, but uh, but overall, a decent, a decent job. You know, there were two or three of the films nominated that I thought were fine films, but not really deserving right. of being nominated. Mm-hmm. There were some others that we would have liked in there, but... You know, I always think back to 2011, where we almost took to the streets. We were, <laughs> we were so mad about the nominations, you know, and, and, you know, ignoring so many of the films and actors that we thought were deserving. But uh, that's certainly not the case this year. No. Just, just things here and you there know, that you know, we, we one thought... one of the hmm. ones I would really have liked to see get some attention, uh, particularly in cinematography, but also in foreign language film, would be Chan Wook Park's uh, the, Handmaid. the Handmaid. And we yes. both love that. And, oh, my God, it's How? cinematography. It was... Magnificent. How that can be ignored for cinematography, I do not know. And, and the other one, and anybody who listens often is not going to be surprised by that, at least for something like set design or original <laughs> screenplay, The Witch. Yeah. I would really have loved to see The Witch get a little something. Yeah, I had another, a, a nice, actually, back and forth with uh, another guy, Andrew, mm-hmm. who comes out to the to the fright clubs and things, and uh, he recently saw it, in, and he watched it again. I give right. him credit, because he said, you know, maybe I missed something. Maybe I, I, I just want to see it again, need to see it again. He did, and then he posted some nice thoughts about it on the Columbus Horror Society Facebook page. Still is not a, a lover of it. No. But we exchanged some ideas, mm-hmm. you know, about why he's I liked dude. it. And why, yeah, he's a good dude. And it's always nice to, you know, not attacking right. people that don't, because no. that's so easy to do. Well, you know, you just don't get it. Well, no, that's it's not about that. No, people no. see things in different movies. And he had some good points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we, uh, we had a nice talk about that. But uh, he's certainly not alone. Uh, people that we have heard from uh, on this podcast yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who don't care for the film. But, yeah, we love it. And at least I wasn't expecting a bunch of Oscar no. nominations. But, yeah, maybe for production designers, yeah. something. But, anyway, the overall um, reaction to the uh, Academy Award nominations, pretty decent. Yeah. Pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But we always like to dive into those sordid pass. Of the horror movies when they were struggling and far from yeah. getting no- Oscar nominees. Last year's nominees. was really fun. It Last was. year's was really fun for a couple reasons. Because Leonardo DiCaprio, I had been <laughs> waiting, you know, uh, because Critters 3. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's yeah. so, it's just the best. Uh, that's the, And then also, of course, Tom Hardy, his co-star, who did Minotaur. Oh, that's probably the worst. Oh, that, it's but so bad. It's, what I love but about this. But there's one in this, this, oh, there's yeah. one this time that oh, may God, rival so, it. Oh, my God, so, so bad. But what I love about this is that no matter the year... No matter the year, yeah. you can always find at least eight. Right. You it's know, a, at least eight. And then you got to pick the worst of the worst to talk about. So it's a it's, lot it's, of fun. It's, it is really fun to see how the greats started off in horror. So there's some good ones here. So, first off, let's run through three or four uh, worth mentioning nominees this year uh, that didn't make our list. The great Viola Davis. Yeah. So she's got uh, she's got a part in Disturbia, which isn't a bad movie. It's really not. It's fine. It's kind of a cross between. Uh, Fright Night and Rear Window. Yeah, that's um, kind of... It's, I think of it more of a thriller, but okay. Anyway. But, you know, she's in it. She graces it. She's always wonderful. Octavia Spencer is in Pulse, which is one of those bad American remakes of a not really that great Japanese horror film. 
Um, Ryan Gosling. Now, I don't think this really qualifies, but uh, I kind of wanted to see it anyway. Ryan Gosling is in a family film called Frankenstein and Me, which... I hadn't seen or even heard of, but I, I came close to watching it just to see if we could put it on here. By the way, and speaking of Ryan Gosling and Scary, did you see the picture of his wax figure that's going up? In no. The, oh, man. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was making the rounds. I just saw it on the, you know, going viral here, I don't know, maybe this morning, and it's it's pretty funny. It's uh, it's almost scary, so look that up if you can. And also, our favorite Michael Shannon has a past. Yeah, what's funny, though, actually, is I bring it up, although it's I enjoy this film, and not that many people have seen it, and it's a kind of a weird, I don't know, almost Civil War-era ghost story, kind of a crazy thing called Dead Birds, and I actually really liked it. Okay. Michael Shannon, yeah, he's, he's good in everything. So uh, Those are just a few that didn't quite make the list, but what we're going to do here, we're going to go in reverse order. So our number five is going to be the least offensive, right? Right, right. And we'll count down to the worst of the worst. Exactly. And it's a fun one. Uh, so let's start out with an Academy Award nominee this year for Best Actor. I thought he might have had a chance to get a director nomination, I but did he too. didn't. Uh, he's nominated for Fences, but let's go back to 1999 for Denzel in The Bone Collector. Detective Lincoln Rhyme was New York City's leading forensic cop. Until an accident disabled his body. Now... A killer with no mercy and a patrol officer will give him a reason to live. I want you to work the case with us. Forensics is not my area. Are you being modest or are you a little uneasy about doing some real police work? There's a killer out there. He's laughing at us. I want this son of a bitch so bad. Some people win, some people lose. The game is over. Amelia? Oh, God. Yeah, the Bone Collector. I will take titles that sound like a porno movie for two hundred, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, it's interesting because right around the same time he made Denzel Washington made the film Fallen, which is a horror film as well. Uh, actually, I think both Bone Collector and and Fallen pro- probably also uh, might be considered thrillers, but they're the real dark kind. And I, uh, Fallen is not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's not bad. Bone Collector is pretty bad. Um, and he plays, Denzel Washington plays a, uh, a homicide detective who is now a quadriplegic. And he is working with his partner, a beat cop, Angelina Jolie, Oscar nominee, uh, uh, previous Oscar nominee as well, Angelina Jolie. And uh, they're finding these grisly murders where the serial killer is leaving clues at the scene and, and, and takes a bone every time. And, and there's always a little piece of paper and it leads to the next death. And will they get there in time before the next blah, blah, blah. So there's nothing new here uh, aside from the fact that one of the two cops on the scene is A, Denzel Washington, and B, is a quadriplegic who's doing it, you know, from his brain in his home. And, and then he wants to commit suicide. And there's just this big... You know it's going to turn into a happy ending. But yeah, it's... he gets fed clues mm-hmm. through his little video monitor, and then he gives his his expert input. But here's the thing: Angelina Jolie is a beat cop. You know, <laughs> I always th- I don't know I forget what that movie is. Remember when there was a movie Melanie Griffith went undercover in like the Hasidic Jew community? Yes, I do. Oh my lord. I forget what the movie was called. I don't know if you remember it. I'll... It's a Sidney Lumet movie. The, um, the title is oh. going to come to me at some point, but it's Talk awful. about miscasting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, nothing against Angelina Jolie. She's been fine in, in several things. But and here, quite good in some things. Yeah, but not this just no. doesn't seem right. No. But anyway, yeah, this is the least objectionable of the movies, but let's not go out on a limb and say it's really good. Oh, it's absolutely not any good. And it's, and it's fairly predictable, and it's grisly, but not in a satisfying way, and there's very little tension, and... 
But like a lot of these movies and a lot of these performers, you can see... I mean, Denzel wasn't brand new at the time. Oh, no, absolutely not. But you can not. see how, how performers, actors with that sort of talent just elevate... The material. Yeah, they do. They really do. And even, you know, he's bedridden. See, that's the thing, too, is that the, you know, it doesn't ever, it doesn't overcome that sort of staleness, that that lack of movement, which is funny because it's directed by Philip Noyce, who's made a lot of movies, made a lot of, of um, action films. He also directed fellow Oscar nominee Nicole Kidman in the quite good yeah. film Dead Calm. Dead I always like that movie. Yeah, that's nice. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and but it, it, the whole film, I mean, it centers on the idea of this immobile but brilliant cop, and yet it can't, you feel so stagnant during all the scenes. Like, they can't overcome that to, yeah. to keep a pace that is right. exciting enough to, to you know, move an action or even a horror film. Yeah, so The Bone Collector, Oscar nominee Denzel Washington, is number five on our list. Moving up to number four, and this is one that, of these types of movies that I thought, even when we saw it, not too bad. And it's uh, back to the Laurie Strode and her family history from 1998, Halloween H20. It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. This is a sick joke. Now, Come on! the face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. Halloween H20. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. So this is one they sold at the time as the quote-unquote final chapter. Right. And the way it ended, it should have been the final chapter. Right. I mean, come on. No, I'm we, with you. We don't have to worry about spoilers I here, do we? I don't think so. It's a, it's a pretty old film. She cuts his head off. Right. And then they try to come up with something. But anyway, here's the thing, though. From what I understand, it was originally really meant to be, like, halfway through the production, they started thinking about, oh, no, we better leave room for a way out of here in case we want to make more. Because I guess early on, the script was being written by Kevin Williamson. Wow. Who did Scream, of course, Mm -hmm. among other things. Mm -hmm. And he had a draft uh, that was actually finished, a draft or two, with the help of Jamie Lee Curtis, but eventually was not used. And uh, they went on to kind of rework it to leave themselves, they thought at the time, a little wiggle room to do another one. But man, they should have ended it here. Oh, they should have. There's no question. You know, one of the things I like about it is it kind of corrects you know, uh, everything that happened after two, uh, you know, the first two, obviously, Laurie Schroeder is a major character. And then by three, of course, we get this crazy, for some reason, people love it. But, you know, the season of the witch and the Halloween costumes. And then we go to dead Laurie Schroeder's daughter uh, for the next several. And the, I mean, it, it just spiraled out of control. And so it was it was it was nice to have it return to its roots. Yeah, but the Oscar nominee that we haven't even mentioned yet, right. who's in this movie, right. is Michelle Williams. And she is nominated this year for her stupendous performance in Manchester by the Sea. If you haven't seen it, she doesn't get a lot of screen time, but holy moly, making the most of the little screen time, she is in Incredible. You know, she always is. She really she is. Really she really is. She is. Because she was also in a, a little a little scene film this year called Certain Women, and she could uh, easily have been nominated for that as well. I mean, she's just a magnificent talent. She is so great. Uh, not that you see it in this. She plays. <laughs> so Josh Hartnett plays Laurie Strode's son. And Josh Mich- and his hair. Yeah. Yeah. He's Cowlick got that haircut. Josh. And this was, I believe this was his debut. 
Uh, I think so. His film debut, and he's just, just kind of disappeared. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, he, was in a, he was in uh, um, Forty Days of Thirty Days of yeah. Night. Thirty Days of Night, which we loved. We loved that. But anyway, Michelle Williams plays his girlfriend. Yes, and uh, she doesn't have a ton of screen time. She is, and she she doesn't have a very fleshed out character. Let's say, but. She does make an impression, and you know, as, uh, the whole—I mean, the film is not a great movie. It's—it's it's actually pretty subpar, honestly. But it's very slick looking. It's the same director, um, uh, Steve Miner, who did two of the Friday the Thirteenth. He also did Lake Placid, which is a pretty fun film. And you know, originally John Carpenter, I guess, was in the running to uh, to direct this. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted really to have like a reunion of the cast and the crew and everybody to have active involvement in it, but. There's differing stories as to why, but I think the prevailing thought is that he just priced himself out. He just wow. wanted too much money for it. But that would have been great. Yeah, it would have been. Except, honestly, I mean, you know, you you have the same problem. It's it's a fairly cookie cutter, by the numbers. It's the same movie, just set someplace else. But, yeah, but I mean, it's great the prof- to see her again. And then you've got her mom, Janet Lee's yeah, in it. It's you pretty know, great. It yeah, absolutely. Nice got LL Cool J in there. Yeah. <laughs> it had some nice, you know, feel good elements yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't great, but it would have been a nice way to wrap it up. Unfortunately, they didn't. That's right. Halloween H20, 1998. And that is our, that's number four. In other words, our least, ob- going the up the scale of least objectionable to most objectionable. And at number three, we go to Oscar nominee. Jeff Bridges. Now, we love Jeff Bridges, but his, his nomination this year is for Hell or High Water. And this, nothing against him, but we're kind of picking nits on this one. Right, because, um, I and I think we agree, it should have been Ben Foster. Yes. The nominee out of that movie should have been Ben Foster. And you know what? You could have nominated both of them. You could have nominated all four of the primary characters. The performances were great. As, as we've But this is my favorite film of the year. I thought Hell or High Water was the best movie of 2016. I would have loved to see it get a directing nod. Right. I would have loved to see it get a cinematography nod. But if I were to pick one actor out of that film who deserved an Oscar nomination, it would have been Ben Foster, yeah, who was we, also in 30 Days of Night. Yeah, we, we were very disappointed that uh, David, what's David McKenzie, uh, the director, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get a, a directing nod because you yeah, have a very good movie. And Jeff Bridges got the nomination, and back in 1995, he was in the American remake of The Vanishing. Hello, Jeff. I'm the man you're looking for. If anything happens to me or if you speak to anyone... You'll never know what happened. I swear to God, I wish she were dead. You do not know what it is like to not know. Why did you make contact with me? Will you search for Diane, such a worthy opponent, kindred spirit. You don't care anymore if she's alive or dead. I do. Drink, and you will experience exactly what she experienced. Your obsession is my weapon. I really hate this movie, George, because I love the original so very, very much. Well, the funny thing is, it was, it was directed by the same guy. I know, which is uh, which is almost even more offensive. <laughs> it's almost like you said, no, yes, American audiences are too stupid for this movie, so we're going to have to completely gut it, take out everything that made the first one, you know, riveting and and devastating, and then also let's just throw Kiefer Sutherland and and uh, um, Sandra Bullock into it and see what happens. And it. <laughs> Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, I guess originally, if you go back to the original uh, Vanishing in 1988, it was to have the same ending as the American remake, but then he, the director, rewrote the ending to give it that bleaker version. And again, we're talk- are we talking spoilers here? Are we worried uh, about give- not giving it away? Uh, hide your ears. We're just going to say it, because in the 
Yeah, if original you're not, film. If you're not familiar with the story, uh, a man's girlfriend vanishes. And he's actually not that close with his girlfriend. He really isn't, but he is so preoccupied with what happened to her. And uh, they stop at a, a truck stop. She never gets back in. And he spends the next years and years trying to track her down and figure out what happened. And then eventually, this man offers to explain it to him. And he's and, a weirdo, man. Yeah, and the thing is, too, as much as I do love Jeff Bridges, I felt like his performance was a bit... Just didn't match. It just didn't match. Well, I felt like he was almost trying to be similar to the actor in the original. Right. And it's it's creepy, but not in the same way. No. So, anyway, in the uh, original, uh, the boyfriend ends up suffering well, suffering the same fate. Exactly. That's what he Let's offers. That That's yeah. what the, uh, the stranger offers. Yeah. Says, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll do it to you if you want. Yeah, and you'll find out exactly what uh, she, she experienced. So, anyway... They changed the ending, so in the American remake, it's it's happier. It's a happier ending. Boo. People get saved. So Boo. anyway, that's a lot of as you, you would expect. People that have seen both films, you're going to have a you're going to have a, an opinion of one of one ending is better than the other. And I know there's camps that actually prefer the American version. Those are called wussies. <laughs> but uh, the vanishing with Jeff Bridges in the role of the weirdo bad guy is number three on our list. Skeletons in the Closet, the 2017 edition, and moving up to number two. This is one. It was a a nomination that we were we liked, but were surprised by. Mm-hmm. Kind of came out of the blue. I think for a lot of people, because uh, probably a lot of movie fans has haven't even heard of this movie this year. He's nominated this year for a movie called Captain Fantastic. It's Viggo Mortensen in 1995. He was in the Prophecy. Are you a part of it? No, Catherine. Other angels have made this war because they hate you. You and all humans. God has put you in his grace and pushed them aside. They're desperate. They've never been able to conquer the other loyal angels. And so this war has remained in stalemate for thousands of years. And while this state of affairs endures, no soul can meet its God. Your parents and their parents and so on from the beginning lie still in wormy earth. Of course, some of them do come to me eventually. For while heaven may be closed, I am always open, even on Christmas. I just want to talk about Viggo Mortensen for a second before we get into this movie, because it, this is just, he is just a tremendously talented person. Yes. You know, and I think uh, he's so sort of low-key in most of his performances, and it, it seems like he makes some eclectic choices that I think he gets often overlooked, but he's absolutely brilliant. This is at least his third nomination, and, and one of the nominations was for one of my very favorite movies, Cronenberg's Eastern Promises. Mm-hmm. But then A History of Violence, yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, History of Violence, he was fantastic. And, um, and he pr- played Freud and, and in, in, in another Cronenberg film and it was funny because it was such a completely different type of, of role for him because he's usually very low-key and subdued and it, as Freud he was just you know sort of volcanic and wonderful he's just incredibly talented and I'm, I'm not saying necessarily that he should win this year because well he's not going to because Casey Affleck is going to but um, I'm glad to see him in there because I really really uh, I love his work yeah he played Freud in A Dangerous Method in right. 2011 good movie and of course everybody knows him from the Lord of the Rings oh of trilogy. course everybody except me because <laughs> as we know you knew he was in it I haven't seen it yeah he's uh, just you know FYI he's very very cute in the Lord of the Rings trilogy um but we've talked about this movie, The Prophecy, before because it was included. He was included on our list of favorite Satans. Yep. Because he's Satan. 
He is. And first of all, the prophecy, and it is a bad movie. I mean, there is really, there's no getting around it. It is a bad movie. But Christopher Walken is the lead. And so that's wildly compelling no matter what. And he's he's just weird, as as he always is in the whole movie. He's kind of a fallen angel. And uh, uh, Elias Cotillas in a bad rug plays a, a uh-huh. cop and and oh there's this little convoluted serial killer soul in the body trapped in the body of a young girl blah 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 virgin matson is is bland as she can be as the teacher who wants to save it and and in there's a lot of talent inexplicably in this film eric stoltz also has a small role a lot of people play these fallen angels and angels hate humans because god likes humans better i mean there's just this lot of conflicting nonsense going on and then at the end satan shows up yeah and oh my God, Viggo Mortensen is amazing. Well, you heard a little bit, a clip of it in the uh, in the trailer, the clip that we just played. But uh, yeah, this was funny because not only Eric Stoltz and Christopher Walken, but Amanda Plummer right. are all in this right. kind of a prequel, kind of a not prequel, but kind of a premonition to uh, Pulp Fiction. Although they don't really interact much no. uh, in this movie, Mm-mm. but uh, it, it actually was filmed. It was released in '95, but filmed in '93, and it was kind of the Weinstein mo at the time for filming movies, and then. And then taking so long to edit them and re-edit them as, mm. you know, the Weinsteins would be heavily involved. And then releasing them a year or two. But the funny thing was, once it was released, it earned its money back, like, right away. It's it ended up crazy. being a surprise hit. Yeah. And there are several sequels, uh, each worse than the original. And, <laughs> but the truth is, I mean, it's it's... It's a wild ride. It's mostly stupid. Uh, it's it's often salvaged by the performance of these the the the, the actors who play the fallen angels. They're always they're all very interesting. Um, but Viggo Mortensen and then this little guy who shows up with him. <laughs> they're they're fascinating and they're so wrong. And what I love about Mortensen's performance as Satan is that you know a lot of times you'll see Satan on screen and they give him sort of this somber, subdued, sexy. Well, there's a sexuality about Vigo Mortensen, but it's so creepy and unseemly and nasty. It's just he's he's very unsettling. Yeah. As he should be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a, like you say there's a different a lot of different ways that Satan has been portrayed, mm-hmm. but uh, this is why he made our uh, made our list of the favorite Satans. So that is Oscar nominee Vigo Mortensen in The Prophecy. And you mentioned he's a nominee, which is great. As everybody says, it's great to be nominated. Right. But he's not going to win. No. Because uh, at number one on our list, in a horrible movie, is the guy that is probably going to win. I think the only person that has a chance to knock him off is Denzel. Denzel. But nominated for his great performance this year in Manchester by the Sea. It's Casey Affleck. And from 2001, he was in Soul Survivors. Eternal Father, let perpetual light wash over them. May they rest in peace. Were every soul taken? Sometimes I feel like he's still here with me. I mean, really here. There is one left behind. For every new love, there is one that won't die. I saw him. You're in trouble. He's not the only, uh, name slumming it in this god-awful movie because <laughs> you know Wes Bentley is in it but Luke Wilson is in yeah. it yeah I don't know why I love the the quick one sentence description of this movie if you look it up it's a co-ed is caught between the world of the living and the dead if the if the word co-ed yep. is in there <laughs> you pretty much know where you're going and it's not going to be good but it's funny so it's it's directed by Steve Carpenter who also he's made a, a bunch of bad horror films but my favorite is the dorm that dripped blood. Ooh. So he returns to his. Verve, does, 
Does that involve co-eds? It does. So he, re- yeah, he returns to his campus roots with this one, and it's just it's one of those sort of you know WB handsome t- you know TV type. Oh yeah, teens and uh, um, it's just terrible, is what it is. And, and the got- thing is, the lead runs. This is the thing that drove me the most crazy. She runs in almost every scene. She's constantly running. She is the most awkward runner I've ever seen on screen in my life. Well, if you watch it, uh, first of all, why? But uh, <laughs> No, because we're recommending it in bad ways. But uh, you'll also recognize Wes Bentley. Yep. And Eliza Dushku. Right. I don't know how you pronounce that. She's in it, too. Let's just say Dushku. Okay. Because uh, it's fun to say. Yeah. But, of course, Casey Affleck is the dear departed. And, uh, incidentally, ja- or is he? Uh, and, incidentally, James Marsden turned down this role. Uh, in favor of his part in the X-Men. Well, good so, thinking. Good much, thinking, James Marsden. You know what? And even Casey Affleck, because, of course, he's gone on to much better things. He has gone on record to say that this movie and another one uh, called Drowning Mona from 2000 oh, right. I remember were his that. two least favorite roles that he has worked on. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, do you get offered a movie, you're going to take it. And the truth is, he's not terrible in this film. And that is saying something because the lines he has to deliver are yeah. so God awful. Yeah. So, uh, four friends, co-eds, uh, they get into a car accident <laughs> and it's funny too, because so the idea is, so the car accident happened and is the, is the point of view character. Is she dead? Are they dead? Is her boyfriend dead? Is she just crazy? Right. It's a whole bunch of nonsense. But then at the is end, it Jacob's ladder type it, stuff. It allegedly resolves itself, and yet it doesn't because what she says after at the end of the resolution, you're like, well, half of those things happened before the car accident. Did you die before the car accident? It's just moronic in every possible way. Um, and and again, the lines, I just can't understand why half these people were in this movie, especially Luke Wilson. Um, whose character is maybe the most lame because in case you have been lobotomized and don't understand what's happening, he literally just explains it. <laughs> Thank it's you. Helpful. Oh, my God. That's always helpful. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. And but and Casey Affleck, again, it's just painful what he has to go through and say. And yet he, he really does, at times anyway, deliver an almost believable character. You know, he has a bit of chemistry. He he doesn't just stiffly say lines. He reacts to the rest of the people on screen. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I can't say he salvages even his own scenes because they're unsalvageable, but but he doesn't come off badly. Well, usually these people that have at least an ounce of talent, you you can see it. Mm-hmm. It may it may not be fully formed, obviously. It's like when you hear, you know, early recordings by people, you know, songwriters and singers that went on to be great. You know, maybe they don't have it right away, but they have something. Do you know who doesn't? Okay. This is one of my favorites. Cutting class. Brad yeah, Pitt. Brad God, Pitt. he's terrible. Yeah. He's ter- very handsome. And yeah. he eats in every scene, which he, he always t- does. I know. Very Ocean's Eleven of him. But, oh, my God, he's terrible in that movie. Well, he got better. Yes, he did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Casey Affleck probably going to take home the hardware for best actor this year. And it's always fun to look back at the horror movie pass or just really the... The movie pass. That's why a lot of times when I'm watching a movie, and if I have the time to sit through the credits, if it's an old movie, I just like to look at the names yeah, on the credits do. because once in a while, it's just some name will pop up playing mm-hmm. bus driver mm-hmm. or a guy at the door, and yeah. you're like, oh, that person was in it. So uh, this is fun to do this. And uh, if you have any more, actually, that we've missed from any of the Oscar nominees this year, please let us know. Plus, if you want to chime in on this year's Oscar nominees, do that as well. We're always available at Mad Wolf on Twitter. That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. And, of course, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook. Love to get your input on Skeletons in the Closet 2017. 
And also hope that you uh, can join us for the next edition of Fright Club Live. Yes, please come out. Once again, we're going to talk about horror movies, about making horror movies, or about making movies. Uh, and I think that'll be fun. And it's actually a lot of, of, there's a lot of them, and most of them are pretty fun to watch. It's going to be a very meta podcast. And then we are going to watch the last horror movie, which I love. And as always, we start in the torpedo room with a little happy hour fun. So if you can join us, again, that is right on High Street uh, in Columbus, Ohio, right there on the Ohio State University campus. And we would love to have you join us. And was always put up, we always put up a, a Facebook event reminder mm-hmm. if you follow us uh, on Facebook at Mad Wolf Columbus. So lots of fun as always. Keep the conversation going on Twitter. And until next time, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Fright Club podcast, Skeletons in the Closet. Stay frightful, my friends. I like-